that's, uh, that's funny and also a little scary. Uh, I want to ask this question of Lake Point, all the Lake Point campuses, uh, our real-life campuses in Austin, Hayes, and Corpus, uh, those connecting over the internet. How many of you guys have ever seen somebody go off like this? You ever seen this happen? It's a very awkward moment. Can you imagine being in that office right after that? What do you say after that? How many of you guys, I'm not going to ask you if you have, but you've felt like acting that way. Have you ever felt like doing that? Yes. <laughs> okay. We all want to get the monitor on the copier at least once. So we're going to talk about how to control emotions today as we continue this series on wisdom. What is the wise way to handle our emotions, specifically the emotion of anger? So I'm going to ask you to take out a Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 25. If you don't have a Bible, turn it in your smartphone, your iPad, or on your notes, there's the key verse, Proverbs 25. Uh, While you're finding Proverbs 25, uh, can we just celebrate together the life change, even at Rockwall, just this weekend between Saturday night and the two services today, 24 people went public with their faith in Christ and were baptized just this weekend. That's a lot to celebrate. Uh, it, it is life-changing to go public with your faith, and then you just get on this growth journey, and, and one of those life-changing ways to grow is just to read the Word every day. I hope that you're reading through Proverbs with us this summer. Whatever the date is, that's the chapter in Proverbs you read, and if you've already read through Proverbs, I hope that maybe you will read it in a different translation, just to get a fresh perspective and look at that same verse, but no matter what translation you read in Proverbs, here's what you find all the way through the book. You find foolish people who are reacting and not controlling their emotions, and you find wise people who are not reacting, but instead responding in a wise way because they've learned how to control their emotions, and you find those two people throughout this book. Now, we're going to talk today about anger, and we all need this message. I was reading this week that guys... We really need this message. The average man loses his temper six times a week. That's almost once a day, guys. Uh, Ladies, you're so much better at us than this. You only lose your temper three times a week. Uh, I read in the same article that said that women typically lose their temper. They get angry at people. And so it's what somebody said, what somebody did. Can you believe she just posted that on Facebook? It's people that women get upset with. Uh, for guys, we get more, we lose our temper more with things and at things. The tire is flat. The tire is stupid. You know, uh, my razor is dull. The remote control won't work. We're, we're, we're all into things and, and getting upset with things and at things. Uh, I don't know what this stat means, but the same article said that single adults get upset and lose their temper twice as often as married people. I don't know what that means, but that's what that said. Uh, it's, it also said that men... Uh, when they get angry, they're more tendency to be uh, more physical with their anger. But the reality is that we all get angry. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself a very personal question. What are your triggers that make you angry? If you can identify that, then you can really work this message and see what God will show you in the teaching and through the scriptures today. Because if you think about it, we all get angry at different things. What's your trigger? Is it the IRS? Is it the stock market? The economy? Is it a family member? Maybe it's the traffic. But whatever it is, when that trigger comes, the other question to ask yourself is, what do you do with that trigger? How do you react when, when things happen that cause you to get angry? You know, uh, all of us have seen fireworks. I took my boys to a Rangers game uh, on Friday night, and they won. Fireworks went off. It was great. Uh, many of us, July 4th, shot off fireworks or saw them. Fireworks are really cool if they're in the sky. 
right? Big explosions, it's wonderful. But we've all seen or had experience or at least watched YouTube videos where the firework doesn't get up there. It explodes, you know, in the back of the truck or instead of going out of the cannon, it blows the cannon up and everybody runs for cover. Some of us, when we get angry, we're exploders. We're like a firework that's inside the house. It's like run for cover and, you know, get out while you can. We really do attack and we say things we don't mean and we get real dominating and we get real tense. And when we get angry, everybody knows we're exploders. Now, the other half of us are imploders. We don't want anyone to know we're angry. The explosion happens on the inside. But we hold it in. We don't want anybody to know we're angry. That's, this is where headaches come from and backaches and stomach aches and ulcers and insomnia. We, we don't want anyone to know we're angry, so we implode. We all get angry. What do you do with that anger? Well, all the way through Proverbs, we see verses like this because we get warnings that we must be wise when it comes to anger. I'm gonna put Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28 on the screen, and I'm gonna ask you to underline it in your Bible, but would you just read this verse off the screen with me? Let's all say it together. What does it say? If you cannot control your anger, you're as helpless as a city without walls open to attack. There's three things we see about anger from this verse. We see, first of all, that anger is a choice. It says, if you can't control your anger, there's gonna be a problem. And in other words, if you can't control it, implies that you can. You can actually control your anger. It's your choice. And you may say, well, no, no, I can't control it. You don't know me. When I get angry, I just lose it. I, I can't control it. Yes, you can. I'll, I'll, I'll just give you an illustration. Have you ever had an argument inside of your house where you're yelling? Don't raise your hand. It just kind of it's real life though, okay? And have you ever been really involved and intense and the volume gets really high? Have you ever had one of those yelling matches where I don't know if it's you and your spouse or maybe you and the kids, you and your parents, or maybe just everybody in the family is involved in it? And have you ever had one of those arguments that, that takes so long and people get so intense that everybody forgets what the argument was, was about, but everybody's involved? And so you get really upset and you're really mad and the volume's really high in your house and all of a sudden you hear your cell phone ring in the distance. And you hear your cell phone ring over all the yelling and you're involved, like, oh yeah, well I can tell you and, and this and that and, and you're backing up towards your phone as you're yelling at people. And then finally when you get to your phone, like, oh yeah, well I can tell you this, hello? Well how are you doing? Well God bless you too. Can't wait to see you at church, absolutely, bye. What just happened? You had a complete change, 100% change. What happened? You decided not to be angry. And isn't it interesting that you can get off the phone? Oh yeah, okay, bye-bye. God bless you too. And you get off the phone and you pick up right where you left off. How did that happen? You chose to get angry. You chose not to be angry. You see, anger is 100% our choice. And we see that, that it says if you can't control your anger, which means that you can, you have to be careful because if you can't control it, what do you like? It says you're like a city that doesn't have any walls. Now 3,000 years ago when Solomon wrote Proverbs and he wrote these down, it was unthinkable to ever build a city without any walls. As a matter of fact, the most important thing you could build around your city is walls and one of the first things you would do is build walls. It was unthinkable that you would have a city that you wouldn't have strong walls around and the stronger the walls, 
the more secure the city. The condition of the walls would determine how peaceful the inside of that city was. And that says this, not only is anger a choice, we also see here anger is a warning light. Something is wrong if you are angry. Because it says if you can't control your anger, you're like a city without walls. In the days of Solomon, if you rode a horse over a hill and you looked down in the valley and there was this city, but that city didn't have any walls, you would immediately say there is a problem with that city. There's something is wrong. And when you get angry, you need to realize something is wrong on the inside. Something's going on. It's a warning light. Several things could be happening. One warning light for anger could be that you're hurting. Hurt people get angry. And the more you hurt, the more intense your anger can be. You ever heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people? It's very true. And maybe what's going on inside of you is you're hurting, and because of that, you're hurting others, even people that didn't cause the pain. Have you ever been uh, aiming at a nail with a hammer, and you really thought you were going to hit the nail, but you hit your finger? That pain caused anger, and everyone, but not the hammer, but everybody in the house gets that anger and that outlash because of the hurt that you're going through. It happens physical pain, but also with emotional pain. I read this week that men who are depressed, in other words, intense emotional hurt, tend to lash out with anger. Anger is actually a sign of depression for them. I also read a very sad statistic about divorce, and it, it interviewed people who've been divorced 10 years or more. Now, this isn't last week, last month, last year, over 10 years. One out of three people who've been divorced over 10 years ago, when they were asked about their, their uh, divorce, this is what they said, I wrote it down, I quote, they still felt after 10 years intense feelings of anger associated with the former marriage. Wow, why? Because divorce hurts. And the deeper the hurt, the more tendency we could be to get angry. So it may be that your anger is a warning, like I'm hurting. But it may not be hurt at all. It may just be, I'm not hurting, you may just be frustrated. You ever had one of those days where nothing goes right? Everything you had scheduled didn't work out. What you thought they were gonna do, they don't do. It happens all the time, it's just real life. Uh, my son, my oldest son, uh, just got his driver's license and, and he just bought his first car from his granddad. It's a 1995 Ford F-150. I mean, it's a classic truck, he loves it, but it tends to break down on occasion. Last month, the clutch went out, so uh, I found a reliable mechanic across town who actually fixes these model trucks in his backyard in a little garage, so took a while to get in, finally made it, got it in there, and uh, he said, hey, you, you know, it'll be ready in a couple of days. It was like a week later. Finally, it was ready, but this is how he let me know. He called me up at night, at eight o'clock at night, and said, you need to be here at eight o'clock in the morning to my house because I've got other cars coming in and your truck's in the way, and so you need to come get it tomorrow morning. I had a meeting across town away from him at nine, so I get my son, we go over there, we, we, we settle up, we pay for the clutch, I leave my son there, I shoot over to try to make it to my meeting. I'm 10 minutes away from my nine o'clock meeting, my son calls me on his cell phone. Hey dad, I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, well, I'm about two miles away from the mechanic and I'm in a parking lot and the clutch went out. I said, what are you talking about the clutch? We just had the clutch fixed. I said, hold on, let me call the mechanic. So I call him and say, hey, sir, you know, we're two miles away from you, and my son, the clutch doesn't work. I got to walk in. This Can you help us? Whatever. And this, he was so nice about it. He said, well, if you just get that truck on back in here, we'll uh, get it all fixed up for you. How am I going to get it? I was like, son, are you sure the clutch is out? He's like, dad, it's laying on the floor. I'm like, okay, that's, it's out. 
You ever had one of those days, that my, my day went downhill from there. It could just be that you're frustrated and you need to identify that. That may just be a warning like that your expectations were up here and your reality is down here right now and the distance between that is your potential for anger. It could be that you're insecure. Anger is a warning light that says, you know what, I just don't have very high self-esteem of myself. And what, me, what happens with that is if, if I'm relying on your opinion of me, for my self-worth, if you have a bad opinion of me, I can get angry. Or if you embarrass me or criticize me or say something negative, I could lash out. Anger is a warning light. It says if you can't control your anger, you're like a city that doesn't have any walls. And it says you're open to attack, which means that anger is dangerous. You see, we need to talk about anger today because it's dangerous to our relationships. Anger can really be a, a, a problem, and it says you're open to attack. The, the Hebrew word literally means you have no protection, and so anger is a very dangerous place to be. You don't want to stay there very long, and uncontrollable anger can really hurt a lot of people. Why do we need to talk about this today? You see, we don't just need to talk about this because wise people can control their emotions. We need to talk about this because anger is dangerous. Does anybody want to guess the answer when Americans were asked, where do you lose your temper the most? Who wants to guess what that was? It wasn't work, although that makes for really funny YouTube videos like putting your monitor on a copier. It wasn't at school. It wasn't even on Twitter or Facebook, although there's a lot of great arguments on there. The number one place we lose our temper is home. You see, our family is in danger if we don't get control of our emotions. You see, let me put the word anger on the screen. The word anger is, is very dangerous. Let me show you how dangerous it is. You're one letter away when you get angry from danger itself. Uh, it is so dangerous because we, are tend, we tend to hurt the people we love the most and get intensely angry at loved ones more than strangers. So wisdom says let's control our emotions. And so with the time we have left, I just want us to consider, if you can't control your emotions, you're like a city whose walls are broken down, open to attack. Wisdom says build some walls when it comes to anger. And let's protect our own hearts so we can protect our homes when it comes to anger. And here's the great news. Whatever you walked in here with, if you lose your anger a lot, you have regrets from the past, we've all thought those kind of things and, and, and really messed up in this area, but what if we could start building some walls today? And if you're taking notes, I want to give you four walls. A house has four walls, but four walls that we can start building today and choose to build. Anger's a choice, so is wisdom. Now, we all have met people who've been building these walls a long time, and they are so great at responding to situations and not reacting. They seem to really let nothing rattle them. That's because they've been working on this a long time. But you can start today to start protecting your heart and your home from uncontrollable emotion and anger. So here's, here's the four walls. The first one, I call this wall, think. Now I know this isn't that deep, but if you can just stop and delay your response, you're gonna start being wise. You see, most of the time, we just don't need to say the first thing that comes in our minds. So we don't need to do the first thing that comes into our mind. We need to build some delay into that. How many of you have ever reacted in anger and then five minutes later said, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that, you know? I mean, don't you know that guy, the video we started with, just looked at that you know, monitor on the copper and he's like, uh, I wish I hadn't have done that. We all have had those moments and a wise person stops before 
they act. Look at Proverbs 13, 16 on the screen. It says, wise people, here it is, think before they act. So we need to build the wall of buying ourselves some time. When we feel ourselves getting angry, delay that and stop and think. Thomas Jefferson said it this way, when you get angry, before you act, count to 10. And if you're really angry, count to 100. You need to build some response time in there and say, you know what, I'm gonna delay this. I'm gonna stop and think. Why am I angry? Is it my ego? Is it my pride? Uh, Is it my insecurity? Am I just frustrated? I'm gonna be very real with you. I have to ask myself deep questions when I feel anger coming on. I ask myself this, am I hungry? (laughs) I mean, have I skipped lunch? I mean, my kids will say, somebody hand out a Snickers bar quick, you know? Uh, when When I get hungry, I get edgy, or maybe I'm just tired. Ask yourself, am I hungry, am I tired? Have I been in a bad mood all day? You see, some of us are so tense right now that our family's walking around on eggshells and you just can't figure it out. You're just coming home and you're yelling at your wife and then your wife yells at the boy and the, the boy yells at his sister. The sister goes out, kicks the dog. Dog goes around, chases the cat around. The cat comes around, bites the head off the doll. The baby's crying. Got this chain reaction going on. Wise people stop and think. Look at this verse on the screen. Proverbs 29, verse 11. It says, foolish people lose their tempers, but wise people control theirs. What is this saying? This may be worth coming today. You ready for this? What this is saying is, is nothing is making you mad. Nothing is making you mad. It says two people are in the same situation. One person just loses it. They just lose their temper. The other person responds with wisdom and controls their emotions. Two people, same situation. It means it's not the event. So it's a newsflash for us. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not the kids. It's not your parents. It's not the IRS or the economy or the stock market. And it's even not the traffic. If you can just stop and think, I'm going to build this wall and I'm going to take some responsibility. And I'm going to step back before I respond. I'm going to start being wise and that wall is going to start to build. And I'm going to protect my own heart. Here's another wall though. I think this wall is down for a lot of us. We need to start building this one. I call this wall laugh. If we can just build this wall, it will protect us from anger. In other words, if we can just enjoy enjoy life and laugh and say, you know what? Have you ever heard this phrase? You know what? Let's don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. If I can just step back and say, you know what? I need to laugh at this situation, not get so tense. Now, I'm going to be real with you guys. This is the one I'm working on, just to enjoy life more and laugh more. And laugh, and by the way, if you can't laugh at yourself, you're in big trouble. But laugh at myself more, laugh at the situation. My wife loves to give, give me this speech, okay? So she'll look over, and I'm getting real intense, and I'm about to lose it. And she'll look over at me, and she'll say, now, honey, we're going to laugh about this one day, so let's just laugh about it right now. I hate that sermon. <laughs> That's just cruel. I don't want to hear it. And I want to give my wife a sermon, but she's so much better at this than I am. But finally, last month, I was able to give her the same sermon because we went camping together for our vacation and out in the middle of nowhere in Utah. And I'll, I'll kind of show you this, this picture. We were really in the middle of nowhere, like cooking breakfast on the fire and seeing the stars at night. Your phones don't work, so you have to talk to each other. 
It was awesome. We had a great time. Uh, the boys and I, we actually climbed up Bald Mountain, 11,900 feet, and got to the top. In the middle of the summer, this thing is actually two feet of snow at the top. And I'm showing you this so you can see there is absolutely nothing all the way around us. You notice the girls are not on this trip with us, okay? We had a blast out in the middle of nowhere. Now, before we went, my wife was real concerned about bears. She said, honey, listen, the bears are going to eat us. They're going to attack us. You know what a tent is. It's a Twinkie to a bear. So I just don't know. I don't feel safe. We don't need to go camping. I'm downplaying it. Don't worry about the bears. It's fine. It's going to be great. We're just going to enjoy it. Now, you can't make this stuff up, but we pull up to the park ranger station. He, he opens his window. I roll down mine. Haven't even said hello. He hands me a brochure. The brochure on the front has pictures of bears. And on the back of the brochure... It actually has these big red bold letters, warning. Then it says, there are thousands of bears in this park. <laughs> bears can be seen where humans like to be, rivers, lakes, hiking trails, and campsites. You are entering the bear's environment which can be dangerous for humans. I look over at my wife and she is not laughing. I can see it. I mean, she's about to get really angry. Here's my chance. Now, honey, now, honey, we're going to laugh about this one day. So let's just laugh about it now. Her response to me, you can't laugh if you're dead. So that's what, that's how that went for me. This... <laughs> This is a sermon you can't use when you're getting angry, but you gotta tell yourself, I need to be more cheerful. Look at Proverbs 17, verse 20. It says, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is slow death to be gloomy all the time. We have got to laugh and enjoy life. And I think the older we get, the more mature we get, the more we realize, you know what? Let's don't sweat the small stuff. And it really is all small stuff. And I think grandparents have this, uh, this really figured out, and this third grader uh, wrote this, uh, and he gave it to me, and uh, this is actually what he wrote about his grandma. It was, a, it was a class project, write about your grandmother. So this is what this third grade boy says. It says, a grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own. She likes other people's little boys and girls. A grandfather is a man-grandmother. He goes for walks with boys. They talk about fishing, stuff like that. Grandmothers don't have anything to do except be there. They're old. So don't ask them to play hard or run fast. It's enough that they drive us places that we want to go and do pretend horse and always have lots of dollars ready to give us. If they do take a walk with you, they always slow down past pretty things like leaves and caterpillars, and they never say, hey, hurry up. Usually grandmothers are fat. Third, third grader, so I'm just reading off the paper. But they're not too fat to tie your shoes. They wear glasses and funny underwear. They can even take their teeth out. Grandmas are really smart. They answer questions like, why is the sky blue? Why do dogs chase cats? Everybody should try to have a grandmother. Because they're the only grown-ups who have time 
to laugh. From a third grader, we get the wisdom that we should build this wall of laughter. And what do you say we start enjoying life instead of getting angry all the time? Well, some of us need to build a wall of think, some of us laughter. This one is way down as well, and it can be very dangerous to a city and to a heart. And I call this wall forgive. This is where we choose to let go and say, I'm going to forgive the people who've hurt me. Now, now before you, um, so I don't want to build on that wall. I don't want to forgive the people who've hurt me. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not minimizing the hurt because it hurt. Forgiveness is not making excuses for them and said, well, they were just, and then, you know, I'm sure it was, no, 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 it's not making excuses for the hurt. Forgiveness is not minimizing, it's not making, it's not justifying it. Forgiveness is simply making a choice and saying, I'm going to let go of the pain and I'm going to let go of my right to get even with you. You say, why would anybody do that? Because when you do that, you free yourself up to protect your heart from anger and move forward with God and his best in your life. You see, if we could just forgive today, some of us, this is worth coming. Here's a statement. The past is in the past. It hurt and now you're moving forward. But if you don't forgive, it's like anchoring you to the past and you're not able to move forward. You've got to let go, let go of the resentment, let go of the grudge, let go of that hurt and say, I forgive you. Some of us are so tense with unforgiveness that our whole heart has become like a desert. We've got no emotional margin for the people we love the most, our wife and our husband, our kids and our parents. And we just need to forgive so that we're not angry and that hurt can be healed. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. The wise choice is to look at Proverbs 19.11 on the screen. It says, it's wise to be patient and show what you are like by, help me out, two words, forgiving others. Forgive, let go. And I don't even mean saying, I, I just can't let go. You don't understand. It was a relational disaster I've been through. If you've been through a relational disaster, welcome to the human race. We've all been through it. We've all been through it. The question is not, have you been through it? The question is, what are you doing with it? Today, God brings us to a place where new beginnings can happen, and you can forgive and move forward and let go of that hurt in the past. You say, well, how do I do that? The same way you would build any of these walls with this final wall. I call this wall pray. You see, if you want to forgive, and I know you may say, I don't know if I can forgive, and you may look at these other walls and say, you know what, I can't even think straight right now, I'm so angry. I can't laugh about it, it hurts too much. I can't forgive, you don't know what they did. We have to start with this most important wall, it's called prayer. It's where we step back and say, God, I need your help with this. I just have to admit to you that will you help me respond instead of react? God, will you help me laugh again? Tell me enjoy life again. God, would you help me forgive as I remember your forgiveness to me? God, I admit, I'm gonna get angry unless you help me. You see, that's what it says in Proverbs in chapter 14, verse 26, here on the screen. It says, if you respect the Lord, that word respect there is basically taking God seriously. It's saying, God, you're in first place. God, I need you. God, I can't do this without you. I'm gonna be an angry person unless you help me. God, I respect you enough to come to you and not try my life on my own. And watch this. If I build this wall of prayer, it holds all the other ones together. If you respect the Lord, it doesn't just help you. Watch who else it helps. You 
and your children. Have a strong fortress. All of a sudden, a person who can't control their anger is like a city whose walls are broken down. They're open to attack, but a person who comes to God and says, God, I need your help. Would you help me build these walls? God, I want my heart to be safe and not filled with anger. And Lord, I need you to help my family. When he changes your heart, he builds a wall and a strong fortress, and all of a sudden, your home is the safest place to be because your heart is getting help from his power. All of a sudden, verses like Galatians chapter five begin to take root in your life and and fruit in your heart, and it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And can we just read read this together? What What kind of fruit? Let's say these words together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, did you catch that last one? Self-control. Lord, I can't control my anger. Get my help. Lord, help me. Love, joy, peace, patience. I'm even going to help you control your anger. And did you notice those, those words, love, joy, peace, patience, all those words? So you can't have those words when you have anger? If you are filled with anger, almost anything is going to make you angry. But if you say, God, would you help me fill my life and my heart with your love? If you have love and your heart's filled with love, there's hardly anything that can make you angry. All of a sudden, you've made a choice, and you've changed your heart and your home. Now, we say all the time, you need to come to the Connection Center. Let us help you with the next step. And I appreciate a couple that gave me permission to share this story about how they were all really impacted by anger and lack of forgiveness and how everything changed. So here's how it goes. They were actually separated by unforgiveness and anger and hadn't even talked to each other in weeks. Finally, the husband said, I need to get to church and came to Lake Point on a Saturday night. The Saturday night service, he's sitting in the back of the room and I happened to be here sharing a story about a couple who was separated and they actually came to church together and they found the love of God and it changed everything. While I'm talking about this, the husband is like, I knew you were talking to me. I knew you were talking about it. I was getting so nervous I didn't want to look at you anymore. So I just looking around. I like, started looking around. He said, I looked back to my left and three rows back in the whole other section was my wife. He said, I didn't even know she was going to be there. And there she was in the same service. And after the service, we talked and we said, you know what, let's come back tomorrow. Let's come back to church tomorrow. So this was after the 11 o'clock service on Sunday. I said, hold on, wait a minute. You mean you guys have heard my sermon twice? And they said, yes. I said, my wife doesn't even do that. That's amazing, you know? They said, we just needed this. And they, they, they talk, the husband was talking to me. The wife was in another part of the room. And I, and, I, and I shared this verse with him that I'll put on the screen, John 14, 27. And I said, listen, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. And when you're in your anger, there's no peace, but Jesus wants to give you a peace of mind and heart, and it's the kind of peace that the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. And I said, would you like to receive that kind of gift, have that kind of peace, and really sense that kind of change? And he was real honest with me. He said, you know, I really want to ask God's help to change me, but can you go over there and see if she's praying the same thing real quick? True story. I said, look, how long have you been married? He said, we've been married over 20 years. I said, are you just figuring this out? You can't change her. You can change you. And today, are you ready to change? Anger is a choice. So is love. And you need God's help. And right there, he prayed a prayer of asking God's help and forgiveness and grace in his own heart. And listen, they they met up after the Connection Center, and I got this email from him just last week. He said, Pastor Micah, We're not separated anymore. We're back under the same roof, and we've forgiven each other. 
and there's forgiveness and there's love in our house. And can we give God a praise for that kind of life change? Unbelievable. Powerful. And then he said, Pastor Michael, would you share this? Would you share our story? Because we know there's so many people that are like us and what they need to know is you need God's help if you're gonna see change. And he said, listen, it wasn't like we just met back up and prayed a simple prayer and all of a sudden we're going to Disney World together. He said, it's been, t- it's been hard, it's been tough. It's been a progress, it's been work. We've been building those walls. But he says, it's altogether different and our home is a safe place to be again. And it's all because of Christ. And listen, in a, in a room this size and people over the internet, there are people listening to me and you say, you know what, I'm hurting. And I've got great news for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross and he went through hurt and pain and rejection and abuse and mistreatment and abandonment so that when you go through hurt and pain and abuse and mistreatment and abandonment, you can know he's with you. And he went through hurt so that when you hurt, he can heal it. He can change it and his love can be traded for your hurt. And today, would you make a choice that could change everything? beginning with your own heart. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And I'm just gonna ask you in this quiet moment to reflect on what you've just heard. And with this real world of hurt and pain, we come into this place and we realize that Jesus has always been there to heal and to help us. And would you just whisper a life-changing, simple prayer that not even out loud, just in your own heart, can we just ask God's help to apply this message and just say something like this, Lord, would you replace my hurt with your love today? Would you replace my hurt with your forgiveness today? Would you forgive me where I've lashed out? Would you forgive me when emotions haven't been controlled? Lord, would you replace my frustration with your peace? For some, this will be the first time. For others, first time in a long time. Pray this. I open up my life to you. I need your presence in my life. Would you help me to live a different way this week because you're gonna live through me. And Heavenly Father, as we whisper those prayers, I ask God that you would hear those prayers and that you would help everyone in this room to know that you go home with them. That Father, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your self-control is ours through Christ. And I ask God that today you would replace hurt with your healing. You would replace anger with your love and that you would change our hearts so you can change our homes and that every marriage, every single, every child, every teenager among us would sense and live the difference because of Jesus Christ and his love through us. For we ask it in his name, amen.